0: you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As Sarah mentioned during our uh, worship uh, and singing time, we're going to be looking at spiritual gifts today as we continue our series and the people of Jesus. And it's our chance to kind of look in the mirror and say, as disciples of Jesus, how should we be living our lives in order to reflect him and his love and his compassion and his salvation? Uh, Perhaps you've heard of Christian author and uh, speaker Tony Campolo. Tony Campolo told a story uh, a long time ago when I was at a a youth conference back in the early 80s. He told a story about going to a church where he had been invited to speak for the weekend. They had a a series of of meetings and they had asked him to come and be their keynote speaker. And so he he had gladly accepted and he was there on Friday evening for the first of several talks that weekend. And before he was going to speak, it was a a traditional church, and they had a soloist, and she was going to share a special song and music before uh, Tony spoke. And she got up, and and Tony said, she said to the congregation, before I sing my song, I have just a couple of thoughts uh, that I'd like to share with you. And then she proceeded to talk for about 30 minutes, and then eventually sang her three to four-minute solo Tony, with great Christian humility and kindness, stood up and he said, Before I preach my sermon, I have a little song I'd like to sing to you. <laughs> the body of Christ can uh, can get turned around, can get confused, can get actually pretty frustrating place to be if we don't understand our spiritual gifts. If we don't understand how God has gifted us and use those gifts uh, to his glory and for the good of one another. So as we think about... The people of Jesus this morning, as we think about ourselves as disciples, we're going to think about it in terms of how we relate to one another. Let me read for us 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 18. Hear the word of God. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God, Who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to the one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. That's the gift of discernment. To another, various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye where would be the sense of hearing? the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. This is the reading of God's holy, perfect word to him alone be glory. Let's pray. Fathers, we uh, come together this morning to uh, to one community of believers that we call green tree community church lord we come with lots of different gifts lots of different abilities and you have arranged us according to your will and yet lord there are times when uh, i know i have looked at my gifts and thought yeah i wish i had something different or i look at someone else go boy i wish i i had the gift that they have lord i'm sure there are there are others in this room that have had that feeling before maybe a uh, little bit of inadequacy or my gift isn't all that helpful. Father, I'm certainly sure there are times that I've looked at others and said, boy, I wish they had, had better gifts like me, and I've been very condescending and very, uh, very sinful in my thoughts and my attitudes about my brothers and sisters in Christ. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see in this time this morning in your word how you knit all of this together, how you call us to a body A community. You don't call us to an individual faith. You call us to be part of the larger body of Christ in order that that body may be served, in order that it may be stronger, in order that it may be better. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand that this morning. Uh, Lord, perhaps some of us have been hurt in the past in in the church or by the church uh, because someone has misused or misappropriated their gifts. Lord, I pray that you'd bring healing into our lives. Father, forgive me for my sin. Help us to understand this text this morning, not my words, Lord, but your holy and perfect word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So let me give you the sermon in a sentence. You already have probably a pretty good idea of where we're headed this morning, but it's simply this, understanding and applying the gifts Jesus gives his people is vital to the health of our spiritual family. So for each one of us, God has given gifts, as Paul clearly demonstrates here in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And by the way, if you read along in your bulletins this morning, we didn't put all of the verses in. Uh, We want to leave a little bit of room for note-taking. But this passage is longer than the verses I read. There's some verses before and some verses after. But all of it points to this truth, that we need to understand the gifts that God has given us individually uh, as disciples of Jesus. And then we need to apply those gifts that he has given us, because that's vital to the health of our spiritual family. Now, just very quickly, let me tell you a little bit about the church in Corinth, because we were jumping into 1 Corinthians, and we haven't spent any time in 1 Corinthians, uh, in, in, from the pulpit at least, in a long, long time. So just very briefly, we need to understand that the Corinthian church had a zest for life. They were enthusiastic about their faith. Paul had come and had preached in Corinth. Uh, many of them had come to Christ, and they were ready to conquer the world for Jesus. They, they were pumped. They were excited about being the church. They also had a tremendous amount of zeal, but they struggled a bit with humility. So you, you take zeal, you take energy, you take excitement, and you couple that together with a lack of humility, and it got them into a pickle on more than one occasion. You can read 1 Corinthians, and you can see some of the things that are happening in the church of Corinth where they're getting off track. Because they're really excited and they're really passionate and they're doing a lot, but some of those things they're doing without humility. Which led to a lot of bickering, a lot of self-righteousness, a lot of divisiveness or divisions within the church. Which means when you talk about the church, you're talking about people. So lots of folks got hurt. Lots of people kind of kind of were a bit of the, the debris of some of the explosions that happened in the church of Corinth. So... As I look at Green Tree, I see some of these similarities. We have a zest for life. We have an excitement about following Jesus. There's certainly a lot of zeal in this congregation. uh, But we need to guard ourselves against bickering, against uh, getting into arguments with one another, into into a sense of self-righteousness. We need to approach the spiritual gifts appropriately. So how do we do that according to this text this morning? I want to give you three observations. The first one is we absolutely need to start with and understand and see clearly the unity of God. And he's unified in a couple of ways in this particular text. And I mentioned just verses 4 through 6, although you can see it throughout. But look at these verses again with me. Now there are a variety of gifts, but what? The same spirit. There are a variety of services, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but the same god paul is acknowledging right there the triune god and he's saying that what whatever our gifts whatever the power whatever the source it all comes from god in his person father son and spirit god is completely unified there is no divisiveness within the godhead so we understand that the one who is giving gifts for his body desires that the gifts be used not to pull apart but to bring unity, to bring a similar relationship between the people of God that exists in the Godhead itself. So God's unity is perfect in his person, but also look at verse 7, it's also unified in his plan. How does Paul sum up this statement about the different gifts but the same Lord? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, or the, the gifts of the Spirit, right, for the common good. You could put in for the common good of the people the common good of the church. In other words, God is giving gifts not so that we can uh, become self-exalted, not so that we can brag about our gifts and look down on the gifts of others, but rather so that we can exercise and use those gifts for the common good, so that others are blessed in the process. So when I think about using gifts, one of the things I'm naturally drawn to in, in my thinking at Green Tree is 2028 because that's a day of service. It's a day where we, you know, we spread out all over St. Louis and we serve our friends and neighbors. We use a lot of the gifts that God has given at Green Tree. So instead of kind of preaching that to you, I've asked Tom Pullman if he would come and talk a little bit about his experience in 2028 last year and how kind of God allowed him to use some of his gifts to be encouraged, but also to bless others. So, Tom, thanks for coming and being part of the sermon this morning. More than likely, you'll be the highlight oh. of it.
1: So, thanks, Tom. Good notes morning, Green Tree. Out of
0: your way. There you go. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: So, Tom asked Tom and Nancy Pratt, whoever she is, back there, um, asked if we'd come up and talk about our experience with uh, 2028, and in particular, a serving neighbor project we did last year. So a little bit of background, um, Mary and I participated in a couple of the bigger events at 2028. So we've done the Upworth Children's Home, we've done some Kirkwood School District projects, but last year we felt drawn to do something to serve your neighbor. Um, but my impression of the Serve Your Neighbor project was that it needed to be something with a big bang, you know, something, a family that was desperate, look at that house, a place to preach the gospel a place to bring people to Christ, and we'd need lots of resources. A Big project. Well, I live in Kirkwood, Missouri. Pretty sheltered life. I'm not evangelical, and I didn't know where to start. So now what? Now how do I do this? Then we thought, hey, it's all about being the hands and feet of Christ. So we sat down, we realized... We have some good friends. They can't get caught up on what they're doing around their house. Was there some way we could help them? How would we go about that? Could we serve them? Who would pay for it? Where would we find help? Where can we find labor? And so, a little bit of background for the people that we wanted to serve. So, Joe and Claire, their real names, are good friends of ours. Joe is not a handyman. And as of recent, with early onset Parkinson's, he has been um, out of work. He's had to quit his job because the Parkinson's is so disabling. And the idea of him uh, swinging a hammer or climbing a ladder was a a little daunting. They have two boys, both very active in sports, and they are Christ followers. So how do we go about it? Well, I had lunch with Joe, and I said, hey, we want to serve you. He said. He saw it. He saw the opportunity to get caught up, to do the things that his family needed to be done. But he said, you need to go pitch Claire because her pride is going to get in the way. So Mary and I met with Claire and Joe. We pitched our idea. Claire's first response was, well, this summer, we'll get to those projects. And I pushed back and said, like you did last summer and the summer before. We finally convinced Claire to drop her pride and let us serve them. So Joe and I walked around the house, made a list of projects. What could we do? What couldn't they do? What couldn't they get taken care of? What needed special attention? So we got a pretty lengthy list, of these items, from decks to gutters to handrails to retaining walls, and I went to Nancy Pratt and I said, here's my idea. Here's a list of projects we want to do. Here's a budget that we think we could spend. Could Green Tree help with the money? The answer is yes, believe it or not. Where can we get labor? Well, for that, Mary and I turned to our community group, and we said to them, come join us with this. And that community group stepped forward and did that work. Now, Nancy also sent us a couple extra people to help us out as well. Joe and I went shopping the week before, 2028. We gathered the materials we needed. We had them all delivered to the house, and 2028 arrived. We got to work. We had a list of projects. We had people. We had materials. and We accomplished quite a lot, from reworking retaining walls, to power washing the house, to cleaning gutters and installing gutter guards, to putting in flowers, repairing their deck, installing grab bars because Joe has a lot of problems in bathrooms because of falling down in parkinson's not bad work for half a day we did have one injury you'll see sarah hurt her, had hurt her, hurt her foot in the process we did make a difference to this family we put in a very small effort from our side from their side it was spectacular To flash forward a year. I had lunch with Joe a couple weeks ago. I said, So, how's it going? How are these things working? And by the way, I've got to give this speech to the church. (laughs) And he said, If we hadn't come and helped, that work would still not be done. And in fact, the deck would be dangerous. The walls, the problem with their gutters would have continued and caused problems in the house. So we made a difference. So the question is, who can lead a project like this? And the answer is anybody can. Because it's easy. And it's all about being the hands and feet of Christ. Thank you.
0: So I would, I would say that uh, what Tom was doing was not necessarily uh, the, the gift of, of labor and fix it up. It was a gift of compassion. Uh, it was a gift of, of being able to organize. But using that gift points to the unity of God. I believe that God looked at that experience in, in not only the Pullman's lives, but the lives of their neighbors and, and the lives of, of the community group folks that participated. And he said, that, that's why he set it up that way. That's how it's supposed to work. So our first understanding in, in this text is that God is unified not only in his person but in his plan that you and I use our gifts, that he is the gifts that he has given us, for the service of his people. The second thing I want you to see, uh, and, and kind of coming right off of that, uh, that understanding, is the creativity of God. There are a wide variety of gifts a wide variety of services, a wide variety of activities, as we've seen again in, in verses 4 through 6. There are varieties of gifts. There are varieties of service. There are varieties of activities. But God is leading all of these. So we all don't have the same gifts. We all aren't aren't empowered the same way by the Holy Spirit. And that's intentional on the part of the Spirit in order that all of the needs in the body of Christ can be met. So if you look at verses 8 through 10, you see the gifts of wisdom and knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, the interpretation of tongues. But this is not a complete list, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not going to go to the three or four other New Testament passages. You can do that on your own. You can uh, just Google on uh, your search engine, spiritual gifts. And there are three or four total passages in the New Testament. But there are other gifts, such as uh, teaching is a gift. Uh, serving is a gift. Giving is a gift. The point is, is that what, what Paul is calling us to here as a body of believers is to, to find our gift, to embrace our gift, or gifts, plural, uh, and to use them, to be excited about the opportunity that God gives us to be his, as Tom said, his hands and feet. Did we, uh, Peggy, did we bring those spiritual gift surveys this morning? And where did, we, where did we place those? They're on the front table. So if you're sitting here this morning, you're going, Hey, I kind of like what I'm hearing. This sounds good. But I have no idea. How to Discover My Spiritual Gifts. If you go by the front table this morning, there's a resource there for you. And if we run out of them, if you get to the table and there aren't any more, send me an email. Go to our website, send me an email. Uh, I won't be in the office Monday, it's holiday, but Tuesday, we'll make sure that we send you uh, your own version of that so you can discover your gifts. It's important for Green Tree that we understand and apply the gifts that God has given us. Sometimes uh, people will say, you need to watch out for Tom. You know, if Tom ever says to you, hey, do you have a minute? I want to talk. Or, hey, I'm going to give you a call. Or, hey, can we have lunch together? You need to worry about that because what's going to follow shortly after that or somewhere in that conversation is God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan for your life. And, and that's true. I do have a wonderful plan for lots of your lives, and most of you are paying attention or listening, so you're doing quite well. But in all seriousness, what, what I am excited about is you finding the place where God's called you to serve in his body, because I know when you do, you're going to get a lot of joy out of that. I know when you are are working in that groove for which God has made you and the gifts that he has given you, that, that you are so excited and you're so passionate about it, and you're actually encouraged. Conversely, if you're in the wrong place, if you have the gift of teaching and we've put you in charge of setting up and taking down chairs in the cafeteria. You're probably not going to be a very happy camper. You're probably not going to do that job very long. Conversely, if, if, if we don't ask you to, to, to or we ask you to teach you, and we don't put you in that position. We know what your gifts are and we don't, we don't get you in the right place. That can be a pretty miserable experience because you're kind of working against the grain and that never really feels good and it isn't how God designed it. So I want you to have the joy of knowing that you're serving in the capacity that God has given you. Uh, I can give you an example of somebody who has had the wrong job. Uh, I was expecting a package a few weeks ago in an order that I had placed and uh, went on the uh, UPS website, to, you know, where you can click on the tracking number and you can see it's left wherever, it's, you know, it's left Kansas or it's always in Kansas or Iowa coming I mean, somehow, you have to go through those two states to get something delivered to, to St. Louis. But I, this note was written in my file, okay, and here, and I'm, and this is exactly what it says, a hazardous material, materials irregularity occurred with this package, We'll contact the sender with additional information so that delivery will be rescheduled. (laughs) You're going to send me the package back that had a hazardous materials irregularity. I'm sorry, that person's in the wrong job. (laughs) They should have said, we put it in the incinerator, we destroyed it, and we'll give you something that wasn't exposed to hazardous materials. Now take somebody that doesn't have the gift of teaching and put them in a second grade Sunday school class. And the damage is a little more serious, isn't it, right? Take a person that loves children and knows how to talk to them and knows how to to get right down with them and share the love of Jesus. You can't paint a picture that's much more beautiful than that. The creativity of God in our lives, he's given us so many various gifts to use for his kingdom. How do we celebrate that? How do we rejoice in that? My third observation is not only the unity of God and the creativity of God, but the place that God holds in this conversation. I'm not going to read all of these verses for you because we went through the passage already, but I'll point out the verses as I go through, and I'm going to give you a punch list of God's role in what we're talking about this morning. The first is in verses 6 and 11. It says that God empowers his people. In verse 7, it says he gives his people gifts. In verse 11, it says he appropriates the gifts to his people. Verse 11 also says he gives gifts as he wills or as he intends, as as follows his purposes. Verse 18 says that he arranges the parts of the body just as he has chosen. So God chooses. All of this says a couple of things. It says that God is the one in charge. He is the one at the head of the body. He is the one who is actively and intentionally and proactively providing for the care and the nurture and the growth of his people, but get this part, through our faithful use of God's gifts. God plans, God intends, God gives, but it is our responsibility, brothers and sisters, as disciples of Jesus, to prayerfully consider and understand the gifts that God has given us and then use them accordingly. So a few minutes ago, Tom shared about a gift of serving, about a gift of compassion. And I've asked Scott Holly to come and talk a little bit about the upcoming diversity panel because Scott is using his gifts, but they're very, very different than the ones you heard about, but they're just as important.
2: Good morning. Tom has talked about the use of spiritual gifts, and some of the things he's already said this morning are that we use our gifts to find common ground, to build unity, to be a blessing, to honor God, and to build the kingdom of God. And, and I, I think really that's what's behind this uh, discussion about diversity that Tom has alluded to this morning at our most recent session meeting, one of the elders asked this question. He said, why is Green Tree named Green Tree Community Church and not Green Tree Presbyterian Church? We're a Presbyterian church. Why why don't we just say that up front? I never really had thought about the question, frankly, before, but I thought it was a good question. And in thinking about it, I think that it's the, the fact that we've identified ourselves as a community church says a lot about the DNA of who we are. If you think about our mission statement, and you think about the priorities we articulate in our mission statement, we say that our priorities are three things. We're to plant churches, we're to build disciples, and we're to renew communities. And renewing communities can take a lot of forms. I mean, we try to build a sense of community within this body specifically through things like community groups and activities like 2028 20, which are extended out into the broader community but really do build a sense of camaraderie and common spirit among the members of this church so we do things like that we also do things like recognize a larger community of the body of christ and then through our mission work in international mission work and local mission work and national mission work we try to be a, a good player in the community of, in that sense the body of christ but There's another sense in which we try to be a part of the community, and that is this. When this church began, it was specifically planted in a location in Kirkwood, Missouri, with the idea being that we would try to have an impact on this community and be a voice in this community for the kingdom of God. One of the things that's become radically apparent to all of us in this room is that there are serious issues in the St. Louis area in the nation as well, but in the St. Louis area in terms of race. And it's easy for us to be blind to that fact. It's easy for us to turn turn our back on that and say, well, that's something to the past and that's all been dealt with. But again, the events of the last calendar year have made it very clear that's not the case. And so a group of people within Greentree, even before the events in Ferguson, began to meet and talk about if we're going to be a community church and we're going to impact this community, we really need to understand this community. We need to understand the issues that divide us. And how do we find common ground? And so a step toward that is on June sixth, 6 o'clock, in this room, there's going to be a panel on diversity, race, Kirkwood and the church. There's going to be people on the panel, some members of Green Tree, some not, some white, some black, who are going to be here to basically answer questions. This will not be a lecture. It will not be an, uh, an effort to point fingers of accusation. It's simply an attempt to understand what are the issues that divide us, and how do we find common ground in the body of Christ? And so what, what this panel will do, will solicit questions from the audience, and we'll, ask, and we'll give each of us a chance to ask questions about the issues that should unite us but, in fact, sometimes divide us, so we can better understand that. So, again, it's June 6th, 6 o'clock, in this room, and, it's, and we would invite everybody to come, whatever your age. Kids can come. Teenagers can come. This is an issue that, that can cause great division or can be a model for how we build the body of Christ, to understand and the first step toward find, finding common ground is to understand. So this is an opportunity simply to come and listen and learn and find common ground. Thank you.
0: So is it important to help a neighbor who's struggling with the early stages of Parkinson's disease and um, do repair work and, and help around their house? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is it important to uh, enter into this conversation and seek to have our thoughts shaped by the gospel and our lives shaped by God's grace instead of by the cultural norms of our society? Absolutely. Which one is more important? Neither. Both are crucially important to God. That's why he's given a variety of gifts. I love Scott Holly. He's one of my very best friends. I would never ask him to come to my house and fix a thing. And he's not at all offended by that statement, nor would he ask me that question. But we have had long talks together about how to serve and how to, to lead and how to, to minister in the body of Christ because we share some similar gifts. I don't know Tom Pullman quite as well, but I would be thrilled to tag along with them on that Saturday. I could unload the car. I could you know I could get the equipment where it, it's supposed to be. I could I could hand things out. I could be the water boy. I'll be happy to be your your water boy on that on that Saturday. Why? Because all of this is important. It is the body of Christ functioning as God has called us. So if that's the case, if God has the one who's organized and he, and he's creatively put all of these things in place that uh, replicate and emphasize the unity of the Godhead needs to be the unity of the body of Christ, I think there's some conclusions and applications that we can draw this morning. And I want to end our time with these. And they're in no particular order, by the way. I'm not listing them from most important uh, to least or vice versa. They're just applications that I believe are important for us to understand if we're going to apply this text and be a congregation that is seeking to use the gifts that God has given us for the betterment of this body and our community. The first is that he is God and I am not God, right? He's the one in charge. The Lord is the one who has given me certain gifts. The Lord is the one who has given you certain gifts. Our goal is to discover and apply those gifts, to to live as part of our mission statement says in, in joyful obedience. I'll put it another way, now our new tagline, to live it up. One of the, the, one of the reasons why I'll approach you at some point perhaps and say, you know, I've been watching you and I've been seeing some things and I think there might be a great place for you to serve. Would you consider that? And I don't do that arbitrarily and I don't do that with everyone because I don't know everyone equally as well. But for those I do know, when I observe something in their lives, I want them to be able to use that gift so they can live it up. Not so that I can say, okay, now we got somebody at church doing that. That's not the point. The point is that they can experience the joy of God, by using their gifts to his glory. But he is the one who is Lord, and we're following him in this. Then, secondly, and right out of that, is that we use them for his intended purpose, to care for, to nurture, to grow the church of Jesus Christ. My personal gifts happen to be leadership, And preaching and encouragement and you can decide which order of those are are better or stronger in my life but I I revel in those I am thrilled when God gives me the opportunity to use those gifts in the service of his kingdom but that also means that there's no room for pride in my gifts while discounting yours Paul said you know does the ear say well because I'm not an eye I'm not important but later on in the passage, he says, now the, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, All right? Because he does. The whole body has to function together. So there's no room for pride. God's the one who gives the gifts. There's a lot of room for praise. There's a lot of room for worship. There's a lot of room for, for joyfully exercising our gifts in humility because it's God who's the originator of our gifts to begin with. So there's no room for pride in my gifts or discounting yours. But also, on the flip side, I can't say that I'm not needed. I know a lot of folks live their life in the church by saying, I'm not really all that important. I don't really count for that much. Could I, and I, and I mean this sincerely, could I humbly ask you to never say that again the rest of your life? Because it's a lie that Satan's planted in your heart. It's not from God. It's not the truth. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for me. How could I possibly say I'm of no consequence? What an insult to a holy and righteous God. And the one who wants to insult God the most is Satan. That's why I say that's the source of that thought. Put it behind you and love the fact that God has gifted you and you are important. To him, you're so important that his son died for you. Certainly, you're important enough for him to give you a place in his church. And if you haven't found your place, that's our fault, not God's. Come and talk to me about that. We will figure that out together. But I cannot say I am not needed. And my last observation here is that when we are unified in our understanding and our application and our attitudes and our actions, will glorify Jesus they will nourish our spiritual family. I'm going to end with a personal illustration of somebody using uh, their gifts. That impacted me in a, in a really significant way. Um, back in 2007, when I was on sabbatical, I kind of came to, to this moment in my life where uh, where I thought that I should step away from ministry, that I should leave the ministry. Now, there was no scandal. Um, I, I'm not smart enough to create a scandal, I don't think, uh, or at least I don't have the energy to create one. There There was not... Some, you know, s- secret sin that nobody knew about it. I got plenty of sins, and I try to be honest and public about those. It, I think it was just kind of a crisis of spirit. Uh, I think I was just going through some things in my life that really just led me to uh, what now I look back on as a bad conclusion. And so uh, I called a friend of mine who's a member here at Green Tree and an elder here at Green Tree, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about leaving the ministry. Can you help me write a resume? <laughs> And there was like dead silence on the other end of the phone, like, hello, are you still there? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I'm still here. And he said, how about we have a cup of coffee and talk? And we had a cup of coffee and talked. And fortunately, God led me to a person who had the gift of discernment and had the gift of patience to let me kind of blah, 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 work through everything and and then was able to say, you know, maybe you're not looking at this the right way. And it was not offensive and it was not hurtful. It was actually life-giving to me. So you've had to sit through this sermon this morning because of that person. You can either thank them or or kick them in the shins, but I'd have to tell you who it is and I'm not going to. But I'm a recipient of someone joyfully using the gifts that God's given them. And I think about everything I would have missed in the last eight years. 99% of my job I love. I'll be honest with you, I don't love raising money, I'll I'll be honest with you, so y'all just give generously and I don't want to have to raise anymore. But I love my job. I get up every day, and I love going to work. I love the people I work with. It's an honor for me to do what I'm doing. And I don't think that's because I'm really great at it. I think it's because God's gifted me that way. And that's what I want for you. Can we prayerfully join together and say, we're going to use our gifts, the glory of God, to the betterment of his church, the growth of his kingdom, for his praise, for his glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you give your church gifts. And there's so many different ones. And even just in this room, we're just a little tiny part of the body of Christ, and yet all of your gifts are represented here in full measure. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you that that's part of how you care for Green Tree. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come and you empower us and you give us these gifts to bring glory to God and to serve and to nurture one another. And Lord, I thank you that so many people at Green Tree use their gifts And I see the joy on their faces. Not that our lives are perfect. It's not that we never make mistakes. It's not that that we don't mess it up sometimes. We do. We get it wrong. But Lord, so often, you see the the passion that you put in people's hearts being manifested in the way they get to serve. So Father, for those of us that that know our gifts and and are living in them, Father, help us never to be prideful. Help us always to be humble and joyful and thankful for what you have done. And Father, for any brothers and sisters this morning that maybe don't know I pray that, that uh, through the resources we provide, there would be a pathway for them to discover their gifts, and that, that we as, as leaders and servants here at Green Tree would help one another find our place for your glory and for the growth of your kingdom. We pray in Christ's name,
1: amen.